This is Fusion Music Radio's Birds of a Feather. We are an indie music-focused show rife with witty, fuck-laden, insanely interesting, and unhinged banter. We firmly believe that our fascinating fun features and thematic song submissions will confuse, infuse, and delight you. And who am I, you ask? That's a great question. I am Christina Baldwin. I am the vocalist for the band Ascent. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, Eleanor Rigby, Penny Lane, and a day tripper seeking to start a We Can Work It Out revolution in my life with a little help from my friends because all you need is love. Let's come together. Don't let me down. And I am Professor Pea Soup, and I am too proud to beg, sweet darling, so there's the door. (laughs) 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 And I just want to say, and I'm sure the listeners agree, I'm sure they feel my pride in you at how just how you're taking to this radio thing like to keep the cheesy bird metaphor going like (laughs) a a duck like a duck to water Uh, (laughs) and now that you're a big radio veteran you're having experiences that sort of go with the territory like you know forgetting to say things i know that well also you know and that really touched your metal but you find yourself uttering sounds you would have thought impossible for you or any other earthly creature to make and (laughs) suddenly you open your donut (laughs) hole and this comes out oh shit (laughs) you know (laughs) what the fuck is that (laughs) how you deal with it is a real test of your metal i mean life gives you lemons and according to the old saw you make lemonade well you know when life gives you alarming verbal spasms you make a dance track oh fuck no now we've said it. Yeah, it's 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 yeah, it hurts. Now we've said it. Now 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 we've said it. <laughs> that could have gone to waste. <laughs> It is waste. <laughs> it goes with the territory. Now you're a real. Now you're a real seasoned vet. When you start doing stuff like that, it, it, I mean, <laughs> how do you make that sound? I don't know how I made per- that perfectly. sound. Perfectly, it just rolls right off the tongue. How did you make it? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> you're doing wonderfully. That might come up in uh, the introduction to a song or two later on. But let's get on with the show, which is. I'm going to surprise you this week. You know that we're going to be talking about NPR's worst songs of all time, but I didn't tell you what those songs are. So, we're going to get your visceral response to these songs. Now, just so that you know, I'm very fair and I do a lot of research, so... I settled on NPRs because it seemed like the most inclusive, but I did consult seven others to see if there was any overlap, and there was, and these are the ten that rose to the bottom, if you will. Whoa, a race to the bottom. <laughs> they they just fallen from grace if ever there was a grace that they could possibly have reached, and uh, here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, these are in no specific order, though. I will tell you I have a specific order, but we'll talk about that in a minute. 
Wonderful Christmas time, Paul McCartney. <laughs> I, I, I would have guessed I it. Fucking hate Everybody that song. hates that song. Every black hearted scoundrel <laughs> hates that song. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the absolute worst song. It sucks so bad. Every Christmas, I am haunted by that horrible tune. Every wow. Christmas. That's, How do you feel? That's dark. I About that song? I I wouldn't I don't race to hear it or anything, but uh, <laughs> I listen. It's agreeable. I'll put it that way. It's agreeable, and I know most people find it strongly Repellent. disagreeable. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, it's agreeable. I have no problem with it. All right. Well, this next one's gonna gonna break your heart because it's we built this city. Oh well, I'm not surprised. Given the state of the world, given you know, I'm this not is, surprised. This either. is number one on four of the seven lists as it, the worst song ever. It's amazing that it came up without my having to bring it up, but that doesn't mean I wasn't going to anyway. Somewhere <laughs> along the line, so what, you can guarantee on any show you're going to hear the following things: nouns, verbs, adjectives. We built this city, the '70s, and a certain machine, which I will try to refrain from mentioning for a few more minutes. Okay, so go on. Yeah. All right. The next one is We Are the World, USA for Africa. Black-hearted <laughs> You know what they were saying about this song is they were saying that it took itself too seriously. And they said it was, you know, trite um, and really <laughs> lame. So <laughs> I will tell you at the time I loved this song because it was a Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie thing. And I thought this is the best. And then it had everybody that I loved in it. But when I listened to it <laughs> back, I'm like, I don't know, man. We're I don't know. Saving our own lives. <laughs> yeah, maybe it hasn't aged as well, but uh, it's at least got a melody and real music. And, and in the day of the machine, <laughs> that's refreshing. Uh, but I was there when it came out and yes it was all very emotional and stuff but it's it's not a bad song at all it's it's quite listenable and i don't think anybody embarrasses them all the guest stars i don't think they embarrass themselves terribly so i i, I still like it the next one is uh MacArthur park by richard harris i was gonna say which version no please don't tell me donna summer wasn't gonna be in there you know well i don't know the part about the cake and it's hard to bake the cake i'm kind of out right there i don't care whose version it is but uh i did go back and listen to all these songs after they appeared mm-hmm. on this list with the exception of we built the city because i'd rather die so i went ahead and listened to everything else but uh no not the donna summer version the richard harris version you know if you had ever left a cake out in the rain like the rest of us you wouldn't feel that way <laughs> I would feel different. It's a lack of empathy. I'm so sorry. I will do that. I will leave a cake out in the rain. And it the song was- makes me cry. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Richard Harris. Gee, I think he might pop up later on in discussion. Oh. Believe it or not. Very, very incidentally. Oh. I ask you very incidentally. Interesting. But yes, um, I, I like that song. I don't know what's going on with people today. You have, they haven't picked one. I'm wondering if any of the most hated songs are going to be among mine, but we will find I out. I wonder, too. Yeah. But I have a feeling yours are going to be like Drake and stuff. So I no, I left those uh, obvious. Because I mean, those ones are obvious. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, the next one kind of breaks my heart a little. Paradise by the Dashboard Light, Meatloaf. All right, I get that it's a long song. Okay, I get it. I get that it's endless. I get that people have been singing it forever. I had to hear it at karaoke. I don't know something at least you like two hundred times. I get that it's puerile. You forgot that. <laughs> I did forget that. <laughs> Uh, it's the it's by far my least, but go ahead, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I I'm okay with it. I'll, I want to hear it once every like ten years, mm-hmm. and I'm good. I don't hate it, but I'm not, I mean, I don't want to hear it. It's not in my like. I'm not spinning it all the time. 
yeah, it's a case of too much airplay, I think. And uh, I, when I hear the album, I want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I want to hear it in context on the album, no problem. I don't think it's this be-all and end-all. There are obviously many more standout cuts there. But um, I was surprised at the incredibly refined dark beauty, Liz and Brian, actually covering that during their live stream. And you were watching mm-hmm. when, I, when they did that. I was like, wow, they actually lower themselves. Now, I have considered their style to be very uh, very theatrical, very meatloaf, uh, Jim Steinman, Andrew Lloyd Webber. But uh, to hear him play such a song, I thought, hey, okay, okay, maybe it's... Maybe it's a little cooler than I thought, but no, I um, uh, I want to hear it in the album, and that's about all. Well, I might lower myself to do it in karaoke with you if you ever, if, first of all, if we ever get to do it again, karaoke, and then if you will lower yourself to do it with me. Incidentally, I have heard, oh, I, oh that's, on, that's on my index card, you know that. I, oh. I definitely, that's down there. I, oh. I asked uh, Matt, DJ has, uh, F, oh, sorry, KJ, KJ has Matt, yes. if he had the song, and he said yes, so that is on the docket, dearie. Shout out to Matt, drink one. What's up, Matt? Yeah, KJ has Matt has uh, shepherded uh, Christina and I in varying combinations with Kill Jill at karaoke, and uh, we brought the brought the house down. I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> they did. I I was an innocent bystander watching clapping from the audience, a safe distance. Uh, we'll let you know if we ever do it again, so you can come out and cheer us on. That's cheer right. Us on, yeah. Both in the house. Both what? in the house. We'll try to let you uh, in on it as early as possible, so you can like book flights and stuff like. That. Yeah, it's important. I mean, they need <laughs> yeah. to be there. You Seriously, need to I mean, be there. you get a better deal on your bus if you book in advance. So. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. and, the next uh, one? Yeah, so I'm good with that song uh, in context. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Africa by Toto. I, I mean, how God does not send a rogue asteroid to blow this planet to bits, I have no idea. People don't like <laughs> Africa. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm glad that you didn't overstate that at all. That's good. I mean, you, it's better that you're understated. <laughs> Well, I, th- I thought it was a, I thought it was a measured response. Okay, <laughs> maybe it was. I apologize. Yes, um, I too love Toto, and I love the song Africa. It was definitely overplayed at the time, for sure. It was on MTV regular rotation. I mean, every single time I swear I turned it on, it was like Africa. I was like, all right, I love this song. Or Rosanna, remember their song yes, Rosanna? Rosanna oh, was I loved one. it with Cynthia Rhodes in it. Oh, beautiful. Anyway, I don't get it, but people hate that song. Again, I think it was overplay. Yeah, that's all. That's all. All right. <laughs> Don't worry, be happy, Bobby McFerrin. Uh, it's inoffensive. Uh, I, people don't like that. What do you think? Okay, at the time, I thought it was really cool because he was making all the sounds himself, and I thought it was a kind of a feel-good song. Um, it's it's inoffensive. I get that it's stupid and it's not you know it's not brilliance, but it it was at the time pretty revolutionary <laughs> that he was the instrument and and that he was also you know the person singing the song. So I, I don't know. I mean, I don't hate it. It's not my top ten. <laughs> what? Sorry. Sorry, I'll wait my turn. Yeah. Why are you laughing? About? I'll wait my turn. Honestly, that's all. That's all I have to say is I I'm okay with it. I don't love it, but I'm okay with it. Uh, you know what I was thinking? I was laughing. Was there's a word I was thinking uh, that could apply to a song that an artist does not want to work on a song and write it and record it and release it, only to have one someone call it benign. <laughs> hey, that's better than malignant. And there are some malignant ass songs I'll be talking about. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. So the next one is this is kind of sad, but I guess I get it. Ebony and Ivory. Well, okay. That's you know. <laughs> 
I come, I come closer to agreeing for the for than uh, for the night. You know, I, I, uh, for the first time tonight, I'm close to agreeing. <laughs> it, they meant well. Yeah, I, I, like the partridge family. Yes. Yeah, they obviously meant they well. Meant well. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm I have a super. Tolerance for cheese, but this might exceed that. It's <laughs> way up there. It's I, like a whole. I get a little dizzy. You know, I get a little dizzy. <laughs> Indeed, uh, the arteries just get really hard. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you need to see somebody about that. That's a problem. Uh, or just don't so, listen yeah, to that song. You know, I, I think the peeps are maybe uh, getting warm. On maybe this they're one. getting it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the next one is "Afternoon Delight" by Starlin Vocal Band. <laughs> I'm waiting for you. That was kind of. That was, I'm waiting for you. That was very similar to a response you had to somebody on the show a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> the look on your face was like, "I ain't got nothing for you on this one, girl." Um, you know, uh, it's cute. I guess it's a little trite, it's a little cheesy, but. I don't know. I guess you know I wasn't I wasn't around at that time. So now listening to it later, it just seems really cheesy. Although it did appear in Goodwill Hunting, and I thought it was well used there. So that's what I will say. I, I can see. I didn't see Goodwill Hunting. Yes, I know. Uh, yes, I know. I didn't see Goodwill Hunting, but uh, I can I see how <laughs> spat my diet coke on him. I had to refrain from drinking. No, I didn't. I didn't. I really. I, I missed that on a lot. Oh, so we hand, So far, you've almost. Uh, you're batting almost a thousand. Oh, with the you movies. better take that back. I don't know about Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. You better take that N- back. Nine, it's a good nine, movie. Nine. I'm not sure how baseball works, but <laughs> I just know only a thousand is the only one I know. Uh, but uh, I have not heard it. But to me, it's uh, it's kind of cringy for some reason. I. I I, I could listen to a much dirtier song and not feel as icky as I feel about this one. I don't know what it is. It's just kind of cringy. It's just well, I like, think it's know. because they're they're trying to skirt the issue. Oh, that was yeah. funny. They're trying to kind of skirt the issue, and you feel kind of dirty because they're like, oh, it's it's nasty, so nasty you can't really talk about it. You have to call it an afternoon I, delight. I'd rather, I'd rather they just straddle the issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you know, I, I don't mean, want to grind this into the ground. I really yeah, don't. I mean, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, that's just uh, bang. Let's just get out of here. In and <laughs> out. Get all that. Just, just in, in and, and out. out you know. That's right. Um, no the, call. No writing. Just, <laughs> just get out of there. Thank you, man. It was just an afternoon. So I don't know what it is about it, but uh, I mean, it's like muskrat love kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, very interesting that you should mention that because the last song is "Love Will Keep Us Together." Oh my! By goodness. Captain and Tennille. Uh, what was there another one before that? Well, no, that was it. That was it. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I love Captain and Tennille, and this is one of my, I think, all-time favorite songs, like feel-good, happy song. In fact, when I saw this on the list, I immediately turned it on. I turned on Spotify, and I played Captain and Tennille, and I sang the whole song twice just to spite the fuckers that put it on this list. Right, and I'm and I'm surprised. Don't go breaking my fucking heart <laughs> on there too. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, basically, uh, Captain and Tennille duets, uh, rom com, uh. rom rom, not rom com, but romantic duets. I like them as much as the next uh, chick, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just like rom coms. <laughs> so that's but, uh, all. I I love that one too. Yeah, I, I do love that too. One too. Now, okay, so we don't really hate any of these songs exactly. Oh, I hate. We built this city. Yeah, well, we built the city. Yeah, we kind of uh, just jumped right over that one, like a, in a single bound. You know? <laughs> but um, what? Uh, what about your list? Oh no, I want to start with your list. Oh, I've been okay. talking too much. Well, I've only picked. I've only picked a few because I didn't know how long the list we were supposed to make. Uh, but I only picked a couple. Um, uh, in the annals of 
profoundly irksome songs. <laughs> Honorable mention certainly has to go to Santeria. You've heard me talk about this uh-huh. one before. Santeria by Sublime. I hate that song. Everywhere you go, you hear that damn song, and I can't stand it. Uh, also on the list, honestly, this is even worse. This is like everything that's wrong with rock music can be sum- summed up in, well, Pearl Jam's entire sound, but oh. the song Jeremy. Oh my goodness gracious, how can they live with themselves putting a piece of shit like that out into the market? Uh, and unfortunately, I watched the video once, so I, I hate it even more. Uh, and just one of those pesky little mosquito gnat things flying around your head is Moves Like Jagger. Uh, Maroon 5 Moves Like Jagger. Horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> Just horrendous uh, beyond uh, the human, uh, the capacity of mankind to endure. So, uh, yeah, I only thought of three. I could think of a million, but uh, I'm dying to hear what yours are. Wow. <laughs> Definitely well, malignant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm. I'm pretty. Uh, pretty. Pretty sad about the uh, Jeremy one because I think that's one of their best songs. But <clears throat> that's okay. You know, these are the these are the times where I, you know, question your taste, you know, but still still absolutely, you know, appreciate you, respect you and Jeremy, wow. think you're pretty magical. Um Well I will say, um, I came up with a couple off the top of my head. Number one is We Built This Fucking City. I fucking hate that song. It is one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my entire life. It is more than cringeworthy. It's it's like, uh, if I had a boombox, and I used to have one, I would destroy it so I didn't have to listen to that fucking song ever again. I will call, pick it, I will protest. That song needs to die a slow, painful death. That harmless, delightful song. (laughs) <laughs> a I'm harmless, so- delightful song. Okay, what's your next one? You know, I you know how I feel about that song. I do. I know that you're like, oh my god, I'm in love with that song. I don't get it. The other one is Warren's Cherry Pie. <laughs> <laughs> put a smile. It doesn't put a smile on your face ten miles wide. No. <laughs> I, I fucking hate that song. And it was on MTV and on the radio. Oh my god, I'm just I, I, I was just thinking of all the songs that were killing me at the time. You know, and, and anything in the world, anything by White Lion. Anything by White Lion. Anything. I don't even care what it is. Sucked ass. I just can't even do it. So those were three things. Now White Lion, there was one <laughs> about the children. I don't even remember what it was. I kept trying to remember what it was, and it's one of the worst songs ever, the worst videos ever. But those are the three that rose to the top for me, and I was very pleasantly surprised to see that you know, many, many thousands of people agreed with me on the we built this city. So that you know, I'm not alone in it. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. And yet, you know, there are legions of fans, you know, that love Pearl Jam and you hate them. So I'm just going to say, you know, we both have something behind us. Yours is pure cheese. Mine is groundbreaking cool shit that happened with Pearl Jam. So, you know, there's something to be said about that. Groundbreaking. It was at the time. Okay. Uh, And there's another fellow who presents a show on Fusion Music Radio who wrote to me and said he agrees with you about We Built This City. (laughs) Okay. Pretty much everybody does. So you heard my hunks of shit and her... uh... (laughs) I love your response to Warren's Cherry Pie. You're like, wow. I mean, where did that come from? I mean, it's been forever, but... It's it's harmless. It's harmless, but I, I, I mean, it's that insignificant a song you know they hate it now they hate that song oh warren hates it yeah they're like they're like you're right our song sucks 
you know. I, I hate. I, I'll, I'll be talking about that later on too. When artists renounce their own work, that's what. <laughs> I might have something to say about that later. So what are we up to? Now it is your. Very, very uh, proud task, I'm sure. Restatement of the theme? Yes, that's you. Wow. Yes, you must restate the theme. Well, the theme, I suppose, uh, for this week's episode is huffin' and puffin', and we left it as wide open as we could for you. Anything that makes you breathe heavy. And uh, barring that, we decided we'd include songs that made us breathe heavy. Songs <laughs> that uh, that just kick you around, slap you around. Uh, <laughs> teach you Make a lesson. You their bitch. Teach you a lesson. Make you their bitch. <laughs> Knock some sense into you. Uh, so we decided to include those two, which explains a lot when we get to the songs. <laughs> the hell am I saying? Why are you letting me do this? I don't know what you're talking about? Isn't it time for you to? Uh, isn't it time for you to introduce something? Here? Well, but you didn't finish your restatement of the theme, did you? That okay. was it. Yeah, that was pretty much it. All Basically, right. we left it open as we could, huffing and puffing anything that makes you breathe heavy. Uh, we didn't want to tax your burnt little brains out there, so we so we make it uh, make it as clear as we could. So uh, that encompasses a lot. Uh, so we'll see what we came up with. Well, song number ten, the Nigel Purcell Trio, and I believe this is a band that you know. We play them a lot. Lewis is much more familiar with them, but we play them on Butterflies and Hurricanes a lot. Excellent. Well, they submitted to us a song called Human Destruction. They are from the UK, and their genre, I really love this response. It depends on the song. And I found that to be true. So this particular song feels a bit like surf rock, alt, and punk, and some genres that are not yet defined. The harmonies are a bit dissonant at times, which fits the song. Um, And this trio's been doing this rock thing for a long time, and it shows. Enjoy Human Destruction. Is the third 
that was the Nigel Purcell Trio, and you can find them on Facebook at the Nigel Purcell. That's N I G E L P U R C E L L Trio. All right, and that brings us to feature number one. Wouldn't it be tweet? For this new, that's right, new feature, we create our own supergroups and explain why it would be Tweet. Out there in the world, amongst people who are not bored shitless by sports as we are, uh, they play fantasy football and stuff like that. Well, this is the rock and roll equivalent. We're going to assemble our own supergroups from any band we want, uh, any period, and we're going to throw in living or dead, doesn't matter, purely hypothetical. Uh, We will talk about our... Uh, would-be supergroups. All right, and the powers that be, that means Christina, has decided that this time I will do the Wouldn't It Be Tweet mystical, magical, purely hypothetical fantasy band, and next time she will do it. Okay, well, I definitely thought of one. Starting with, let's start with the bottom. Let's lay down the foundation. Drums, Meg White, duh. I mean, if you want a really solid... <laughs> you want a really oh. solid beat, solid uh, bedrock to build your rock sound on. Old Meg is your go-to gal. Okay, we're going to put Meg aside for the moment. And Please. on drums, I'm going to appoint a lesser-known virtuoso, Neil Smith, from Alice Cooper. Uh, I'm, mm. I've decided that I wouldn't use two members of the same band in this. Otherwise, I would pair Mr. Neil Smith with the incredible Dennis Dunaway on bass from that group. But... Um, Neil Smith. This man can play anything. He can play jazz. He can play. He's cutting edge theatrical progressive rock. They were doing at the time way beyond anybody else. And yeah, they look like a bunch of long hair hippie freaks. But these were ace musicians, uh, sonic innovators as far as their music, creating lots of sonic intrigue. Uh, <laughs> I bet. All right, on the bass, who gets to play with Neil Smith since Dennis Dunaway is out of the running? Why not? So Paul McCartney. Ooh, oh, wow. wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> From Liverpool, you know. <laughs> because you get some hella, hella vocals on that one, too. So that's my rhythm section, Neil Smith and Paul McCartney. What do we got next? Well, since we're talking about musicians who can do absolutely anything, on the guitar, we have to get the goat himself. Mr. Jimmy Page is going to oh, be the guitar in this band. Wow. Now, an additional player. Now, okay, we don't get any vocals from him, but we do from our... X-Factor, Secret Sauce, Edgar Winter, who not only brings superb <laughs> vocals, these smooth ballady vocals, growling grit like his brother Johnny, he plays a synthesizer, he plays a saxophone, he plays percussion. If you ever see him do Frankenstein Live, he wails on all of them. He's a superb musician, singer, songwriter, and he would round out the band nicely, but I think there's one more thing we need. Oh. It would be a female vocal. I mean, we got these two great singers in there, we need a female vocal also, and... Who better than Ann Wilson? And as a bonus with Ann, you don't see her doing it a lot, but she's one hell of a flute player. So we get flute and the best female vocals ever in rock in one group. And these are musicians that can do anything, play anything. They all write, and it would be fascinating to see if they ever got snowed in someplace, what they would come up with together. So uh, that's my group. I just don't know what to call them. Any ideas? Yes, Winter Wilson's Page. Winter Wilson's page. It has a sort of a Lady Chatterley's lover yes, ring to it. Which uh, I kind of dig. Yeah, yeah. Okay, or yeah. Winter's page. It yeah. could be Winter's page. As long as as long as it sounds like it could be a novel, too. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I think it's important. So, McCartney, you're out of the running on this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a man of the base. Wow. You get no respect. Well, wow. That was amazing. What an incredible supergroup you've created. 
Thank you. I would love those are all some of the, my all time uh, favorite musicians, which, as you've noticed, date way, way, way back in the day. So we're not having any Johnny come late. There's no John Mayers in there <laughs> or anything like that. And um, that is if they could set their egos and personality conflicts aside and just be down to earth, approachable. Friendly folk like me and Christina here, uh, which they would be able to, in that world at least, uh, they wouldn't be like those damn brothers in Oasis or anything, <laughs> annoying us with their feuds. <laughs> yeah, so this would be, uh, a, that's my super group. Fantastic. Well, we will see what I come up with next time, but thank you so much for that amazing first run of Wouldn't It Be Tweet. You know, as soon as you ran that name by me, I thought... Uh, everybody knows a tit is a bird. We're not trying to be uh, infantile here. No, no, no. We're we're taking the high road all the time. We can't help it if There's your so minds are in the kinds gutter. Of tits. There are a lot of different kinds of tits. What I was surprised is there weren't any wooden tits. It sounds no. so right. It's still a great name for the segment. So far, you haven't come up with one that I refuse to say <laughs> because there ain't no shame in my game. So keep working on it. And uh, <laughs> I about, shall. About time you do a song. I think. Yes, song number nine. This is actually a band that Ascent has played with. Now, it's been several years since we played with them, sadly, but I do keep in touch with them. Shout out to Villain. What? Uh, this band is called Fox and the Red Hairs, and uh, this song is called Wolves in Wheat. They are from Riverside, California. They are Americana, rock, punk, and grunge. Now, you will clap along, jump along, and stomp along to this song. It makes the listener's pulse quicken as it celebrates the wolf despite his or her checkered past. This wolf may huff and puff and blow your wheat down, but all else is safe, or is it?
That was Fox and the Red Hairs, and you can find them on Facebook at Fox and the Red Hairs. That's H-A-R-E-S. And uh, tell them Birds of a Feather and Christina Baldwin sent you. Right on, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, right on. All right. What does that mean? I got to do song number eight? That is you. Song Song number number eight. eight. Well, you know, I, I have to say, my heart goes out to those artists whose ill fortune it is to have your song end up in my hands to introduce. <laughs> I'm sorry. Christina will present these colorful, poetic remarks full of insight into the track, and I'm like, I like this song. I like milk, too. So here's a song that reminds me of milk. I mean, <laughs> that is completely true. That is exactly what I do. However, in this case... The band has done half of my work for me by not having any lyrics for me to not provide commentary on. <laughs> so what we end up with is an instrumental. Song number eight is by a band called Trenched, and the song is called Combat Soldier. Now, I kept having to look again and again. It sounds like you could, the band would be Combat Soldier and the song would be Trenched. But I think we have a little motif here because where would you find a Combat Soldier? In a trench. There you go. Okay, so that's what trenched. Who knows what trenched is trying to say about it because it's an instrumental, but it's a great instrumental. So, and will it get you huffing and puffing? If you've got a a human soul in you, if you have a half a brain in you, this song will stir you up. So here it comes from Las Vegas, Nevada, trenched with Combat Soldier.
All right, Combat Soldier from Trenched, straight out of Vegas. And you can find them on Facebook at Sex Drug Rock and Rollers, with an N in the middle. I, every time I hear that, I can't help think of this Spinal Tap special. It's just like, <laughs> Nigel Tufnell was saying, it's like, well, we're still about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, only the drug is Advil, and the sex is largely self-administered. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Classic. Okay. So, um... Oh, good. Here comes a bit for you to do. So this also is a new feature, and it is called Swan Song, one that you brilliantly came up with. And for this new feature, we discuss a band or artist's final work. Now, we determined that they didn't have to know necessarily that it was their final work, although... I'd like to focus on somewhere they knew and they were prepping for it and they were working, you know, toward this final album to give us their final swan song. So, but we're open either way. Yeah, I mean, uh, those would be the most interesting ones to do first. Uh, Sudden death ones can come later. Yes. I mean, you know, or just sudden irreconcilable differences that pop up and bands split up where they really didn't know this was it. But when they see it coming, it's like, I'm going to make, I'm going to do one more thing, whether it's a show, whether it's an album, what's it going to be? Right. All right. This was, that was definitely the case here. Yes, absolutely. So the artist is Freddie Mercury, the band is Queen, and the album was Innuendo. So this was the 14th album in Queen's discography, and it was recorded from March 1989 to November 1990 and released February 4th, 1991. Freddie Mercury uh, contracted HIV in October 1986, and it was full-blown AIDS in April 1987. And we lost him just a few years later on November 24th, 1991, at the very young age of 45. So, sadly, this was his last album, and he was aware that it was his last album, as was the band. We just were not aware till just before Freddie passed away. So, let's talk about the album singles. So, the first song of note, Innuendo, released January 14, 1991. This track features a flamenco interlude played by the venerable Steve Howe of Yes. So, that's definitely a notable track, and obviously the title track as well. Then... I'm going slightly mad. These videos, too, by the way, are just, I mean, phenomenal. So this is a very strange one, uh, but I really enjoy it. This song was released March 4th, 1991. Freddie wanted to write a song about madness and stayed up all night, all night, devising outlandish lyrics with his friend, actor Peter Straker. So uh, that resulted in a very, very interesting black and white video. And the reason they turned it really to black and white is to kind of start to conceal his illness um, because he was definitely showing how ill he was. So they turned it to black and white, which is really sad. So then Headlong released May 13th, 1991. It was originally written by Brian May for his solo album, which is so interesting. But after hearing Freddie sing it, he decided it worked better as a Queen song. Now, anything Freddie Mercury sings, I would give him. So once you have him sing it, it's over. You're never going to be able to hear anyone else sing it because he was brilliant. So uh, foolish Brian May said, oh, I heard him sing it. Well, then it's over. I Can't Live With You was released in 1991, originally written by May for his debut solo album. Again, he gave it to the band as well because the band were fond of the track. And most of the original demo is actually in the recording, which made it really, really harrowing for them to actually mix and master. Uh, and these are the days of our lives. Oh, God. Oh, such a sweet, some beautiful song. Oh, it's so beautiful. Released September 5th, 1991. 
Written by Taylor, this was the last time that Freddie appeared in a video medium. And again, the video was converted to black and white in an attempt to minimize Freddie's frail appearance. They're hard to watch because he does look bad. He looks awful. He looks, you can tell, and he's powering through and trying so hard. And it breaks your heart because he's a larger than life character to see him reduced to that. You just, you can see how horrible this illness is. Well, Well, from what I've read, he would have to save up his strength for a whole week. Go in and sing the shit out of a song and then like rest for another week to yeah, save just, up the strength to yeah. do it again. Because, you know, some of these songs are anything but sedate uh, yeah. or tranquil. These are some very hard, hard songs on here. Uh, for those who like to dismiss Queen, oh, they're a pop group. <laughs> there oh are some gosh. serious metallic knuckle sandwiches on this uh, album, uh, mostly written by Brian May. But uh, Freddie sings the hell out of them. In fact, he sings the whole record. Absolutely. And then there's the heartbreaking and beautiful song that almost every time makes me weepy the show must go on released october 14th 1991 roughly um just a little bit more than a month before freddie passed away written by may taylor and deacon it is inspired by pachelbel's canon the song chronicles the effort of freddie continuing to perform despite the end of his life quickly approaching so it is exactly what it sounds like it's about. Um, and they were worried. They actually said, you know, is this something you're going to be okay singing? He said, absolutely. And he sung the shit out of that song. And every time, I mean, I really can't listen to it without, and I can't watch the video. I cannot watch the video. Um, but to go out in such a beautiful way, knowing that you gave every last bit of energy to your fans and to us, and it will live on forever. David, any thoughts on Innuendo and this final swan song? Well, it's a poignant ending with The Show Must Go On, but the album all in all is, as as Queen intended from the beginning, to make albums that are enjoyable, and after the first couple, they even leaned towards fun and gratification. They used to say, our music is about instant gratification, and it is. It's just fun to listen to, it's enjoyable, even a... Uh, uh, a sobering and heartrending, a bittersweet song like The Show Must Go On uh, t- shares album space with songs about cats, okay? Delilah, a song about cats <laughs> peeing on his Chippendale suite, and complete with meows. Now, this is a, the sign of an artist who either takes himself too seriously or doesn't take himself as seriously at all, which, and giving the campy nature and the flamboyance of Freddie Mercury, I would say was the latter. As much of he supposed, allegedly by his own admission, could be a diva and could be mercurial, which is uh, why. <laughs> <laughs> he adopted that name I'm sh- he seems to have such a sense of humor about himself and, and to, to enjoy things so much as to sing a song about a cat and uh, the album is uh, just full of great tracks and it was the second actually that they recorded after his diagnosis now the movie takes liberties if you've seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody makes for great theater mm-hmm. but when they played Live Aid he hadn't been diagnosed mm, yet yeah. no that's not true I mean it looks great oh here I am powering through with this diagnosis and bloody nose didn't happen mm-hmm. however uh, to his huge credit, uh, he, they did two albums knowing this, uh, mm-hmm. the Innuendo and the absolutely fantastic The Miracle that preceded uh. it. This is one of their better ones. I mean, this covers so much musical territory. There's everything on there. It is just a... a did I, I, dare I say crazy quilt again? <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> no, it's just one of those records. And this is two that they made with this. At the time, it was probably just a potentially deadly infection. and then, But by the time they made Innuendo, it was already, he was sick and everybody knew it. And uh, he, he knew it was uh, not going to end well. But they gave us two more superb albums 
uh, even while facing that, and uh, a great way to go out in Uendo. Uh, just, it is a great swan song for sure. It's the kind you want to end a career with. And I've been into Queen since Night of the Opera came out gotten everything they've ever had since then, and the band ended for me in 1981. The band ended with Innuendo. Well, whatever happened after that might be interesting, but the real Queen ended then, and I didn't really follow after that, so I've learned some things about them this week that I didn't know about the, the things they've done since then. Like, an album with Paul Rogers. Totally, totally mm-hmm. missed that, because Queen ended in 1981, and not just for me, but for John Deacon. You'll note that uh, even though they call themselves Queen and whoever happens to be singing, at the present time it's Adam Lambert, but... It's Brian May and Roger Taylor. John Deacon disappeared. Uh, it is said that he took Freddie Mercury's death uh, harder than anybody. And he just left. The, he, he retired from the music. He didn't just go do something else. He retired from music altogether. However, I did find out that he's still very much involved with the business end. And they don't do anything without consultant Deakey. And uh, he did approve of the movie as well. So he's still out there. He's sort of like the invisible silent partner. He's like the invisible man, you know, uh, uh, which is a great song from uh, The Mirror by the way, written by Roger Taylor. But yeah, this is a, such a beautiful swan song, and I'd be interested in, to see what comes up in the future with other artists and their last work and the final creative statement they want to make, if any. And uh, th- But innuendo, that's the way to end a recording career with a smashing record like that. So. Song number seven is another artist that Ascent has played with, Lords of Illusion. Uh, The song is called Rapture, and they are from Los Angeles, California. They are heavy rock, for sure. What's a better cause for heavy breathers than Rapture? This hard-as-fuck song gives you so much pleasure that you will find yourself playing it again and again and again. I was getting worried there when you said, uh, give you so much pleasure you'll find yourself playing. I'm like, wait a second, hold on here. (laughs) Playing it again and again. Okay, all right, yes. And again. We shall see. Again and again. Here's Lords of Illusion.
Okay, that was Lords of Illusion. You can find them on Facebook at Lords of Illusion Band. All right, song number six. If I were wearing a hat, I would take one off to salute the excellence of this band's name, Burn the Earth. Now, uh, you just got to stop in your tracks and go, wow, hey, I'm intrigued. Like Trenched and the Soldier thing, this one's interchangeable too. Burn the Earth, and the song is House of Doom. Burn the Earth, which is the brainchild of Paul Lovecraft. And this particular number, like others Mr. Lovecraft has released, feature... On vocals, the singer from Ascent. Ascent. They're all scratching their heads. Who's Ascent again? Oh, isn't that Christina? That's right. We don't usually play ourselves, but we're not doing that here. Oh, heavens no. This is uh, this is to promote Paul Lovecraft and Burn the Earth. It just so happens that Christina is on the vocal, and I gotta say, it's a really great tune. And the uh, treatment that her voice is given here is is just fascinating. I love the work he does. And we know that indie artists engage in a lot of those highfalutin, high-tech, interweb sorts of collaborations. Well, part of this act is that. We have Paul Lovecraft and Jeremy... Bornstein? Bornstein. Jeremy Bornstein from Melbourne, Australia, and Paul from Los Angeles. So Paul and Christina get together and do their thing. Jeremy does vocals all the way from Diawananda. <laughs> and uh, together they bring us Burn the Earth and this wonderful song, House of Doom. I have to say, too, before we go on, that I am a huge fan of Burn the Earth. And it was always kind of this, like, big moment for me. I, I'm a huge fan, and Paul knows, and Jeremy knows, a huge fangirl. And uh, I kept saying, because they stopped making music together. And because they've been doing it for three years, released tons of songs. And I I remember they were saying that they were done. And I was like, well, if you ever come back, perhaps I can do something with you. And Paul wrote this song, as far as I remember, so that I could also do a Burn the Earth song. So they brought back Burn the Earth. I'm not sure it's just for me, but I think that I was at least part of what uh, brought him back. And we actually are working on probably doing more songs together in the future. Awesome.
right, grab your eggs because it's time for feature number three, History Strikes Back. And you know, for this feature, we travel back in time to a particular year to review bands, music, charts, pop culture for a randomly selected year. And this time, imagine my surprise and delight when 1967 came up. I mean, that was 53 years ago. And yet I was already a sentient being. I knew, <laughs> you know, which way was up. I knew right from left. I was not like, you know, one and a half or anything. I was actually into music and television. And naturally, we're going to focus most on music. But what was going on with all the insignificant stuff in the world? Well, the Rolling Stone magazine was published for the first time. Okay, that's particularly insignificant. Uh, there were, unfortunately, there were race riots, the Vietnam War, uh, former actor, future president Ronald Reagan was sworn in as the governor of California. It was a time of turbulence and civil unrest and civil rights struggles. And during this tumultuous time, some incredible music was released. And some of the artists, believe it or not, are still with us. As for the others, their legacy remains hewn into the living rock of, say it with me, Stonehenge. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were doing it. <laughs> Who's going to deal with you now? I love that you were like. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make a face when you say that. It's so good. We can where, do it again. And where again. are they now? The little people of Stonehenge. <laughs> All right. Now we're going to find out who is still around and who is gone. But you probably know all of these artists because it was just that kind of year. One of the things 1967 is famous for is that 25% of the year comprised the summer of useless long hairs contributing nothing to society. <laughs> the, the, summer, the summer of hallucinogenic drugs and orgies. Or, as revisionist historians like to call it, the summer of love. Summer, <laughs> summer of, of love. love. Yes, you know, Hate ashbury San Francisco, the Grateful Dead, the Jefferson Airplane. It's really hard to believe that one day they would lay off the windowpane acid and psychedelic mushrooms long enough to grow up enough to record we built this city that is just it's just oh. incredible to think of that you know it is it's incredible that they fell so far <laughs> and so fast you knew that was going to come up <laughs> you before, warned us before she brought it up i was going to bring it up because like i said nouns verbs the 70s we built this city and the phony plastic beat machine. Okay, I'm sorry that the phony plastic beat machine is <laughs> is. I can't shake it. I need help because it's ubiquitous. It's it is the modern plague. Only with this particular plague, people aren't dying. They just wish they were. <laughs> did I did I just make a joke about the Black Death? What too soon? I suppose yeah. Too soon. But at least there wasn't a combination. Can you imagine if the phony plastic beat machine was around during that? This is the kind of stuff that probably would have swept the Grammys. Bring out your dad. Bring out your dad. It's your mama or your papa or your shorty instead. Bring out your dad. That would be the shit that would be going on if they, thank goodness, they did not have the technology yet to come up with that sort of thing. Uh, that would have swept the Grammys, I'm sure. But some interesting it things. It may still. It may still. <laughs> It makes. T- I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna submit that shit. There you go. Hey, is it too late? Are we, are we past the deadline? Yeah. It's an incredible year for debut albums. You're not gonna believe some of the artists who released their first in 1967 and said hello to the world. Singer, songwriter, actress, legend Dolly Parton, 1967, oh. her first album. Hello, David Bowie. Oh. 
Van Morrison as a as a solo act. He was already out with uh, them, uh, whose uh, song Gloria was you know notably covered by the Doors and Patti Smith Group and everything, and uh, whose uh, Here Comes the Night I believe was uh, covered by David Bowie. But um, Van Morrison solo and get this, get this, the album title. Blowing your mind. <laughs> how how sixties could anything be? Totally I mean, 60s. that is sixties AF. You know. Oh, and just when you think of picture any Vietnam War movie you ever saw in your life, The Doors. Okay, it's inescapable. They premiered in nineteen sixty seven. Cat Stevens, nineteen sixty seven. Oh, wow. Yeah, Velvet Underground, Pink Floyd. Uh, wow! Yeah, it was an amazing year. Uh, it, here's an interesting little tidbit I came across. Chuck Berry released an album uh, live at the Fillmore. Now, of course, he didn't come out that year. He had been out forever already oh, by yeah. 1967. And the band that backed him up on that album was a little ensemble called the Steve Miller Blues Band. And I'm like, oh, wait wow. a minute, nah, couldn't be the, couldn't be that. Uh, yep, it was Steve Miller himself, the Steve Miller Band, backing up Chuck Berry in 1967 on his Live at the Fillmore album. Hard to believe he would one day become possessed by Satan enough to write, take the money and run. But we've already talked. Oh my God. <laughs> we beat that into the ground. Yes, we did. <laughs> uh, perhaps representing that period better than any other, we had the Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and its red-headed stepchild, as some people see it, the Rolling Stones, their Satanic Majesty's Request. Now, to me, that's really the ultimate psychedelic rock album. Yeah. Even if Mick Jagger and Keith Richards dismiss it as rubbish. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> they're obviously barking mad, you know. <laughs> uh, I hate when bands do that anyway, as I was saying before. Led Zeppelin's out of the Who, the Rolling Stones. So many have done it, but you notice they're always British. Oh, 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 we probably should have, shouldn't have put this out, you know. Uh, so I guess you'll be processing my refund then to assuage your sense of regret. <laughs> can, but can you picture Americans doing that? Can you picture Gene Simmons apologizing for putting out a lousy record? And I know you're going to say he certainly had plenty of opportunities. <laughs> certainly had plenty of opportunities, as did Starship. There you go. <laughs> Satanic Majesties. There's an American band who should apologize. That's correct. <laughs> if they were British, they would have they many would have times. Many yeah. times over. Uh, seriously, though, Satanic Majesties has some undeniable highlights. Uh, 2,000 Light Years from Home, the gorgeous She's a Rainbow featuring the splendid Baroque piano trills of Nicky Hopkins, and a string arrangement by John Paul Jones, who would not long after go on to join Led Zeppelin. Uh, if you kids out there in the audience look down at your T-shirts, their name is probably on it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who they are? Do you know who they are? This is who they are. And another great one, the quaintly countrified and yet futuristic 2000 Man, which would be given a rock and roll makeover and presented in 1979 by none other than Kiss. How did I know that was coming? Sonic intrigue here. Okay. <laughs> so Satanic much. Majesties certainly has that. And uh, by the way, the name, interestingly, is a play on the British passport. Now, you Brits out there uh, mm. uh, know this, but uh, on the British passport, it says, Her Britannic Majesty's Secretary of State requests and requires this, that, and the other thing. So, Britannic Majesty requests, you know, so they, that's where they got it from. Very clever. Wonderful Very record. Very clever. Overlooked uh, in the extreme. Uh, I'm sorry that they're so insane that they don't like it. But um, all right, now, waltzing into the cinema for a moment, what better overview of an era in history than its motion pictures? Top films of that year The Graduate. Now, here's to you, Mrs. Robinson. Jesus loves you more than you will know. Ready? Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. 
Uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Oh, wow. Bonnie and Clyde. Puh, okay. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> not the film, them, you know. Uh, the Dirty Dozen. Mm. Valley of the Dolls. Oh, how wow. 60s. To Sir with Love. Oh. Boy, I always tear up at that song. I'm sorry, I can't help it. Uh, <laughs> good year for Sidney Poitier, huh? Too for great. Sure. Yeah, right? You Only Live Twice. James Bond picture there. A great song by Nancy Sinatra. Thoroughly Modern Millie, The Jungle Book, and speaking of Richard Harris, Camelot. Oh, Camelot. Wow. I mean, MacArthur Park, Camelot, you know. Yeah, I mean. I mean. Even kings leave cakes out in the rain, apparently. <laughs> uh, television. Uh, the top hits from television, many of them were from 1966, the previous year, when they premiered, namely Star Trek, Dark Shadows, Batman, Mission Impossible, The Monkees. Wow. Along with uh, uh, delightful, charming... I don't want to call them period pieces because they just take you back just to think about those days. Bewitched, Green Acres, I Spy, Get Smart, Lost in Space, I Dream of Genie, and of course American Bandstand that had already been around for a long time. Uh, And since it was the golden age of variety shows, the Dean Martin Show. Fantastic stuff. Oh, other groups that debuted that year. I forgot. The Amboy Duke. So who the hell are they, right? Ted Nugent's band. Yes, 1967, the Nuge was out there. Canned Heat. Also, the Jimi Hendrix Experience and Big Brother and the Holding Company with their lead singer, Janis Joplin. That's them and the Doors. That's three members of the infamous Club 27 uh, who released their albums in 1967. Uh, interesting stuff. Also, The Grateful Dead. Summer of Love, Hate Ashbury, the whole thing. How can you picture that without the dead? And traffic. Comes fairly easily for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of new awesome coming out in one year. All right, what about the singles? What about the radio stuff? Let's see. What do you know, Christina? Ready? I don't know that I know any. I'm hoping I know some. The Turtles, Happy Together. I can't see me loving nobody but you for all my life. I know I should be shot for this rhythm. I I was thinking more about the lyric, and I was so pleased that you knew that one. That would have made me sad. Okay. Come on, baby, light my fire. This is one of those, come on, baby, light my fire. Try to set the night on that's my Jim Morrison voice. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. That's, wow. how, that's how I do Jim Morrison. Okay, well. I should do Jim Morrison breaks during the show. It's like, all right, yeah. Sounds like you're talking about Spotify, though. So <laughs> yeah, it's confusing. Yeah. That, now, that's one of those played-out radio staples that I never, ever, ever get tired of. I can listen to that song any day, all day. All right, and let's see if you know this gem. If you don't, you poor soul. Okay. Everyone knows it's windy. Well, you don't know windy by the association. Okay, I do not. all right. Penny Lane is in my ears and in my eyes. All right. Penny Lane by the Beatles. Right. Goodbye, Ruby Tuesday. Who could hang a. Uh, at least you know the word to Ruby Tuesday. Rolling Stones, Ruby Tuesday. Beautiful song. You see the look on your face. You're like, a little disappointing, but I'm going to let you get away with it. All right, it. okay. Well, you had some. I, I thought we were going to get into a groove there. Yeah. I, I wanted to. I did. The Monkees, I'm a Believer. And I saw her face. face. Now I'm a believer. Nice. Neil Diamond song. Unless I'm wrong. I think it's Neil Diamond song. I have no idea. (laughs) Uh, As we mentioned, To Sir With Love. Beautiful song. Melts me every time. Do you know the Seekers? Hey there, Georgie girl. Oh my goodness, you poor kid. Okay. Okay, now I only know that from your (laughs) mixtape. 
That was the first song on your mixtape. Georgia Girl was? No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for me. So okay. I'd never heard that before <laughs> until that. I'm a soul man. I'm a soul man. Sam and Dave, soul man. <laughs> anyway, now you get a feel for the time. 1967. Great songs, great movies, not so great world events, but fortunately they're gone and, or are they? And <laughs> the uh, music, uh, legacy remains hewn not only into the living rock of Stonehenge, but into our psyches as well, and hopefully yours now. So, uh, yes, 1967, history strikes back. So, song number five is by an artist that I know well. The band is actually called Angel Machine, but the man behind is Wade Raleigh. So, hey, Wade, um, sadly, this gentleman just moved from Los Angeles out of the state, so we're certainly going to miss him. I was hoping to play shows with him. We had been planning it. Um, He's a huge fan of Ascent, and we are a huge fan of his. This song is called Savior. His genre is ethereal, synth, and dance. Wade's voice moves me like Dave Gahan's. It's commanding, it's soothing, and it's emotive. This song is about finding a savior. You will dance, you'll think, you'll seek, and you will find.
You can find Angel Machine on Facebook at Angel Machine US. So now it is feature number four, the feature you wait for every week and weigh in on every week or at least every other week. Hell yes or oh hell no, this is the result. And for this feature, we consider bands and determine if we are advocates. Hell yes or detractors. Oh hell no. We also ask for your opinions on the band or artist and share the results. And this week is none other than Marilyn Manson. And the results are in hell yes, 92%. Hell no, 3%. And neutral, 5%. What I was hearing is people liked Marilyn Manson. Uh, the, the, the young version uh, where he was kind of reckless. He actually did some self-harm and stuff, which I'm really not into. But he used to do a lot of self-harm, and he walked around in his little corset with his fishnets, a la Rocky Horror Picture Show, all the makeup, the long, stringy hair. She said approvingly. Yes, she did. <laughs> I didn't hate it. Um, and he really was owning that stage, prancing around the stage, commanding the stage, you know, and just really keeping the audience engaged the entire band was electric i mean the entire thing now you'd think hearing all of this that i'd been to a live marilyn manson show sadly i have not this is me watching tons and tons of concert footage that spans from then to now i'm just a huge fan so i'm a big hell yes and uh, i can't say enough about him i mean he continues to evolve he continues to change and just seems like He's becoming a different version, again, of himself. I don't know if I want to say better, but comparable version of himself. And I have to agree, at least with our listeners on Hell Yes. What do you say? I would say so, too. Well, um, as you know, the young, as you're the only person on Earth who knows, the young version of him sort of inspired a screenplay character of <laughs> <Yes>. mine. <laughs> so I found him interesting, at least. And a song, he's actually named, he names himself in the song, Phony Antichrist, but um, uh, it's sort of a satire. But in reality, do I actually like Manson? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, like I said, there's some stuff on stage I've heard about, I don't want to know, but taken strictly on his musical merits... I really like, and it's exactly true what I've heard, that um, every album has its own character, every album evolves, and I, I personally witnessed uh, some a lot of really uh, clever usage of keys and percussion and everything. I mean, this is not just buzzsaw guitars and shrieks, although if you stumble in at the wrong time, you might think that. You might get that right. impression. Definitely not true. 
uh, although he inspired many bands like uh, Knee Fox, uh, who toured with him and everything, who do a lot of that too. But there's much more to the music than that. And um, uh, he has morphed uh, musically in many very intriguing ways. Uh, and you made me a great playlist, from uh, the very first album to the present. And it was all of it really good. Lyrics are, are very, very good, very strong lyrics. Uh, you might have to look them up like 95% of the time. Right. But uh, when you do, you will find they're actually quite good. So I would certainly agree uh, that Marilyn Manson gets a hell yes. Nice. Wow. We are in agreement with our audience and with one another. Kumbaya and all that shit. Oh, and I also think it's interesting that his music evolves much as does David Bowie. It sounds Some of it sounds nothing like the rest of it. And he's also, his image has also evolved from the more flamboyant, the more uh, androgynous, as did Bowie, to being more of a clothes horse and everything. And uh, he even is now calling himself the Pale Emperor, which sounds quite a bit like mm, the Thin White Duke. Interesting. Yes, the Thin White Duke, the Pale Emperor. Hmm. Uh, but uh, coincidence? I, I think not. I think not. However, uh, he stands on his own. Is he does. not trying to copy anybody. No. So yeah, yeah, I, I would say hell yes too. All right, that brings us to song number four, the band, an old favorite of ours, the Space Sharks. Heard them a bunch of times over on Butterflies. From their first album, their self-titled uh, debut album, from their second sensational follow-up, Love Bomb, and they have a brand new EP out called Space Songs, but we're going to play you the first song from the first album, uh, this is their Hello to the World, Hello We're Here, straight ahead guitar rock with a decidedly retro psychedelic sensibility which makes it irresistible. Get ready because nothing gets you huffing and puffing like running for cover, and that's the name of the song, Run for Cover.
All right, Space Sharks. You can find them any old place, but on Facebook, they're at The Space Sharks. All right, well, oddly, it is my turn, and feature five is called It's My Turn. For this new feature, we discuss how bands or artists were discovered. This time, our first time, we're going to focus on Adele. How was she discovered? You're asking, well, how was it? Where was she? What happened? Well, it's MySpace. Everybody remember that? Dinosaurs like me? <laughs> I'm not quite a dinosaur. Maybe you think so. I'm a dinosaurette. And uh, I remember MySpace. It was my first introduction to social media. And uh, that's how she was discovered. Sadly, I was not. But that's okay. There's still time. By XL Records. So XL Records was the person or people or group of people who found Adele, and I'm sure they are happy as hell. The age she was discovered was 18. Holy crap, she was a baby. Kid, kid, I can't believe it, a kid. Baby. And uh, so, what she listened to? You might be thinking, well, what the heck did Adele listen to? She listened to the Spice Girls. Hell yeah. (laughs) Sinead O'Connor, the Cranberries, Bob Marley, The Cure, Dusty Springfield, Celine Dion, and Annie Lennox as she was growing up. And best of all, the Spice Girls. <laughs> well, you know, it's a matter of opinion. That's fine. But, you know. Um, and her inspiration was Queen. <laughs> I know. Ella Fitzgerald, Etta James, Aaliyah, Lauren Hill, and Mary J. Blige. Oh, I cannot forget Alicia Keys. Now, I love all of these artists that she mentioned, but I will say some of those (laughs) females that she just talked about are very very strong Aaliyah sadly we lost her too young Ella Fitzgerald Etta James Lauren Hill one of the best voices just such an incredible voice Mary J. Blige a force Alicia Keys everybody knows who she is she's crazy amazing writing really really good R&B still so I get it and I can hear how her sound has been cultivated through her influences listening to some of those while she grew up makes perfect sense to me So let's get to her discography, because I don't like to belabor the point. She released her debut album, 19, which debuted at number one in the UK and included the songs Hometown Glory, Chasing Pavements, which is still a huge hit. Everybody loves that song. And then, of course, Make You Feel My Love. Oh, tearjerkers. She is known for these beautiful heartbreaking poignant songs and her first one out of the gate 19 was no exception and obviously if you know her you know that her album titles are in line with the age that she is so obviously that's when she debuted her album she was 19 so there's no question when Adele 60 will come out. Yeah. Right. It's going to be 60. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right around 60. Um, and in 2008, Adele signed to Columbia, and 19 really gained momentum. I mean, obviously, XL Records is is no slouch, but when it comes to really, really, you know, kind of getting her out there, Columbia Records, of course, was going to take her to the next level. And in 2011, she released 21, which boasts the following hit songs. Are you ready? Rolling in the deep. Oh, my God. Someone like you set fire to the rain rumor has it and turning tables hit after hit after hit after hit and she was only 21 (laughs) so i'm just gonna tell you she is absolutely incredible her voice floors me and when we heard 25 we remembered why we loved 21 and 19 so much she released 25 which included hello 
When We Were Young, Send My Love, and Water Under the Bridge. Again, so many hits. And you're thinking, well, wait, that was 2015. It's 2020. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's resting on her laurels. She had a kid. She's enjoying life. Give her a moment. Now let's talk about the awards she won because she won so many awards. And we're just going to focus on the Grammys because that's what I bothered to pull. 2009, Best New Artist, Best Female Pop Vocal Performance Record of the Year. Out of the gate, she is slaying this shit. 2012, Song of the Year, Record of the Year, Best Pop Vocal Album, Best Music Video, Best Album of the Year, Best Pop Solo Performance. She swept the Grammys. It was a beautiful thing to behold. 2013, well, she, you know, she still got a Grammy, but she got one Best Pop Solo Performance. 2014, Best Song Written for a Motion Picture. Television or other visual media. Yes. Hey, cue, David. Bond, Skyfall, <laughs> the awesome theme to Skyfall. Now, interestingly, she did a Bond theme, and her inspiration, Alicia Keys, also did one, actually, just prior to her in the movie. You know, the, the song was Another Way to Die. But Jack White wrote the song and appears on the song with her, but she did a Bond theme, and so did Adele, and she won something for that, an Oscar or something? She won a Grammy. Grammy. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a very strong song. It really is. It's yeah. beautiful. It's probably one of my favorites. Yeah, the opening credits are incredible. Uh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, love that song. Then I'm wrapping up the Grammys with 2017's Record of the Year, Album of the Year, Best Pop Solo Performance. Best Pop Vocal Album and Song of the Year. She actually could, maybe she has, retire. She probably could have retired after 19, at age 19. But no, she (laughs) walked us through 18 to 25. We got to watch her grow and mature as an artist and as a person. And here she is playing mommy, you know, enjoying her life for a little while. And who knows, maybe we'll get a 31, a 32, 34. Who knows? Well, since she released in 2015, 25, that makes her 30 now. Yes. So for one thing, she totally missed the boat on Club 27. It's too late. You know. Which is... Which is <laughs> she's probably she's probably not disappointed she's probably, about that. And I'm not either. I don't yeah. know about you. Oh, I'm way past that. I'm good. But what a story she has. Discovered on social media. Wasn't Justin Bieber discovered the same way? Indeed he was. Well, you can't win them all, I guess. <laughs> but He's winning because he's going to the bazank with all that money. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, artistically, you can't win them all. I mean. But Adele, I saw all the awards she got, and I thought, okay, yeah, because she's good. She's, she's, she's really fantastic. good at what she does. Uh, I have no beef with her. I'm glad for her success. And uh, it's an interesting way to be discovered. It could not have happened uh, 50 years ago or something. But one thing's for sure about the entertainment business is... Anything is possible. Anything. Uh, I mean, anything. What, somebody could see one of my lame-ass videos tomorrow and just decide I'm the greatest thing ever ever to happen. You know, I mean, it's social media. People are made all the time that way. That's right. Uh, and it's just another way of getting yourself out there. But uh, some of the bigger stories like this, like Adele and like uh, Justin Bieber, uh, it's worth doing, you know. Uh, and, and what uh, was it? Tony Braxton was discovered at a gas pump singing. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not even going to lie to you. Every at least every other time I go to a gas pump, I'm trying to sing out loud in case anyone's around who wants to sign my ass. There you go. But I'm just saying, hey, you know, you never know. Lightning could strike twice. But I'm no Tony Braxton, but still. I, if I could sing, I would do the same thing. You never know. They're you out there. Can They're out sing. there hunting for us. We'll have an offline chat about that whole you can't sing thing. Anyway, what's next? Not true. Not true. It's all you. <laughs> Why is it always me? Okay. It's not always you. I just oh, spoke okay. forever. Oh, okay. Well, kitten head it is, right? All right, on to song number three. 
From the glorious Kittenhead. Now, that is not the name of the band. It's just Kittenhead. But every time I refer to them, that just comes out. Because uh, they're personally significant to me and to Christina. Because I was going to see them at the world-famous Dalha in Anaheim, which is so old school. It has a uh, cigarette machine. When was the last time you saw that? was the last time you saw that? was the last time you saw that? It's got a cigarette machine. Held together by band stickers. It's the most awesome place on earth. Uh, So I went to see Kittenhead there. And uh, caught the last couple of minutes of this band called Ascent. And the rest is history. So it's... but, But... they're just glorious. Their music is fantastic. They're glorious. And here's a, here's a song of theirs that, boy, you can tell they're just huffing and puffing with anger. Mm-hmm. And this is called NYB, Not Your Bitch. I'm not your peace, I'm not your war, I'm not your paradise. Not your soul, I'm not your rest, I'm not your breath of life. Can you wake me from this dream as soon as you decide? That you can't break me, you can't take me down with your advice. I'm not your toy, I'm not your test, I'm not your pickup game I will not bend until I break and I'm not yours to blame Your sick desperation slowly driving me insane I'm not your bitch Just take your hand Crying narcissist, mama's boy, still not we Now you know why I call them the Glorious Kittenhead. You can find them at kittenheadla.com and on Facebook. This is a band that Ascent's played with a couple of times, and we have been the mutual admiration society of each other. Obviously, you know, when you are a lead vocalist, you bond with your other female lead vocalist, and she is such a badass. Kiwi's such a badass. 
and she just works her ass off on that stage. I'm telling you right now. And they actually have a new single out called Tin Man 2020. I urge you to go take a listen to that. It didn't fit our theme, but it will fit your ears because it's perfect. It's a great, great song. Anyway, check out Kittenhead. We love them. Shout out to Kittenhead. What up, Kiwi? What up, ladies? What up? Speaking of Kiwi, you can hear an interview with Kiwi of Kittenhead mm. in the Butterflies and Hurricanes archives. Thank you for reminding me. Nice segue. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Oh, this segment appears to have my name, and there must be some mistake. <laughs> no mistake, sir. Uh, can you double check, please? Yes, uh, just a second. Okay. Hang on. Uh, there's no way I'm doing this segment. Uh, yes, uh, it is you. Sorry, I had to consult my paper guide. Okay. Uh, it is uh, you for the packing order. All right, that brings us to feature six. I'm going to totally... Wing it. Okay. Uh, yes, he said that. All right. Feature six, the pecking order. For this feature, we pit one similar artist against another and determine the pecking order. They're like each other, but they're not the same. And one way or another, we were going to fall on one side, and uh, we've had several of these already. And tonight, it's Supertramp versus Electric Light Orchestra. And I will say this. They're both progressive, but still very adept at crafting radio-friendly pop rock gems. And you know what? They know how to make a hit, and there ain't nothing wrong with a hit. I love a good hit, and uh, so to, it's said that even Mr. Nonconformist himself, Jim Morrison, was, Jim Morrison was delighted to have "Touch Me" out there and be a hit. He just oh, loved yeah. this. Yeah, he loved this uh, poppy song, and it's one of my favorites. And all right, yes, I did sing it at karaoke. That's true. <laughs> you sure did. It was awesome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm not going to argue with you here on the air. Do it's not gonna, argue I'm with not gonna, me. It's going to waste time. Is it even worth it? It's not no, worth it. It isn't. Yeah. You know who's going to win? This this gal. Yeah. Yeah, but speaking of winning, it's a tough call between these two because they're both so good. Um, there are pros to each uh, for Super Tramp. It's having two lead vocalists, Rick Davies and Roger Hodgson, with these totally distinct voices. Now, early on in ELO, you got a little Roy Wood and everything, but fa- basically it's uh, Jeff Lynn all the time. Oh, yeah. And he's great. But it always sounds like Jeff Lynn. So you got to give Supertramp a little bit of edge for that to just have more than one vocalist. But ELO is just, I just love ELO. ELO, I think, broadened horizons uh, with, I mean, everybody has worked with orchestral instruments uh, on, in the studio. But they're part of the band here. And that's kind of new. You know, that really was. And, you know, they, they dabble in outright classical and do the arias and covers and everything. Each of them has irresistible songs, but I'm going to give a slight edge to ELO, perhaps biased because I'm familiar with them. I have lots of their stuff, and none really of Supertramp, although I did have Crime of the Century. Uh, oh, that album, Crime of the Century, by the way, has a great song that you probably know called Dreamer. Hmm? Yeah, Dreamer. Did you? <laughs> Every time I hear that song, it's ruined for me. Every time I hear that song, I hear Louis Strayton's tribute to that song he basically took yes yeah, bum uh, yeah, bum hole yeah <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> I, I will say this that you know uh go ahead and have a listen to this but however remember what they told you when you were a kid about to not eat a half an hour before going swimming yes well that's kind of good advice for this song got too, it you know? Fair enough. but uh you you're going to laugh you're gonna you can't help but laugh at this it is so and it's just it's just there as a joke but it, it works it's funny as uh, wrong as it is it's still kind of funny so uh yeah you, you can check that out i believe that's on uh, giving it to the trans uh 
lewisstrayton.co.uk. Uh, but anyway, I would give a slight edge to ELO, but it's a tough call here because each of them has immortal classics and a sound that uh, that's their own, and it's apples versus apples almost. Um, but you're going to have one favorite apple. Is it Red Delicious or is it Granny Smith? I'm going to go with the Red Delicious, and that's going to be ELO by a nose best. Yeah. What about you? Well... Um, it definitely is a tough call because these two are similar in some ways, but of course, as you mentioned, very, very different in others. So, Super Tramp. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> fucking, fucking microphone, you know. <laughs> They're sensitive as fuck. I'm telling you. Okay, Which go ahead. is good. Um, you know, I will say, I actually, I think, was introduced to both of these bands at approximately the same time through Bruce. I wasn't as familiar with these two pre-Bruce, so uh, I remember the first time I heard the Logical song, I thought, well, really? Um, I'm not really sure about this Logical song thing, but they really grew on me. I love, like you said, the distinct voices. Very pop, very cool, very progressive, very, very interesting. Um definitely there's definitely a cheese factor and i'm not always somebody who likes cheese in music but i really do like it um and of course everybody knows you know give a little bit i mean how many times has that song been covered right exactly i mean so many times it's a great song it's a great little tune there's so many great songs by super tramp and i really love listening to them and then you know what they always do is they always like elevate my mood which i really appreciate because there's a lot of music to listen to that's very very dark yeah that's the thing is you know to be actually entertained by entertainment that yes. seems <laughs> that seems a total a logical progression to me that's very linear yeah well i will say i mean i i do like being challenged by music but sometimes you just want to hear like goodbye stranger and just get lost you know, in in the pop sensibility and and in the fun of it, and and uh, it's the same with ELO. Although I will say ELO, I don't know. There's a there's a sophistication to ELO, mm-hmm. um, a refinement, um, kind of like a, I, I guess really I feel like you know an elevation. And I really like that. And Jeff Lynn is brilliant, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love his voice. I love the music. Again, there's a cheese factor. You know, when I was thinking of these two and pitting them against each other, I'm like, this makes perfect sense that mm-hmm. you would put these two against each other. But again, they're similar in ways. And you say, oh, I see how they're, you know, how you're pitting them against each other. But then they're so different. I listen to, gosh, I can listen to ELO anytime and just kind of get lost in it so I, I keep thinking wow there's so many songs by ELO that that kind of I don't know they were my introduction songs but then they're the songs that kind of stick with me I I think I have to give it to ELO I have to give it to ELO and Jeff Lynn for their stage performance for their music for the lyrics for just the the songs that kind of live on in my mind and you know they're also there's very uplifting songs as well, I, yeah. which I also love about ELO. And hooks, more hooks oh. than a fisherman's tackle box. Forget about it. <laughs> they are I mean, so hooky. I love I mean, it. So is Super Tramp, but I, again, I do got to give a slight edge to uh, ELO. I mean, Don't Bring Me yeah. Down has yeah. Bruce in it. Well, you know, that's a. They say that 
they just say it now, but it was just supposed to be a nonsensical. Yeah, but yeah, it's got that it, Mr. Yeah. Blue Sky. I mean, I, I'm just telephone line. I, it, the list goes on and on and on. Sweet talking woman. I just there's so many great songs by ELO, and not that there aren't a you know great songs by Supertramp, but. ELO just kind of head and shoulders above the rest. I have to go all ELO. Yep. I would too. I would too. All right. So the pecking order is ELO, then Super Tramp. And so says us. And so says both of us. (laughs) And so says both of us. Okay. And that's all there is around here. And so says both of us. Both of us. Oh, oh. Oh. Completely over my head. The most obvious thing in the world. Alright, so Just the uh, both of us uh, There's gotta be a mistake on this page The next thing says me So, um Um, let me see Let me check my Let me consult Nope, it's you Damn <clears throat> Okay, well This mule's only gonna have to Pull the plow for another uh, Another uh, mile or two Okay, yes Song number two By a band we're all familiar with Because they also Have shared a bill with Ascent and they've also been on Butterflies and Hurricanes, too. Crazy. Yes. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that funny how all these people who know and play with Christina end up on Butterflies? And uh, they've also played, we've also played them on Birds of a Feather way back when we first started. Oh, my goodness. That's right. That's right. But way, way back. I, I'm, I mean, it just strains my mind to think that far back. What, like 26 what, weeks ago gosh, we started like this show? episode 13. I mean, I yeah. Know, what's up with that? I can't, I can't keep track anymore. Lucky 13. Lucky 13. That's right. From Fullerton, California, the tragic rat. And as I said, you can hear them on Butterflies and Hurricanes. And this is the most amazing band because it's two pieces. It's guitar and drums, and they make a full sound. A sound that's it just uh, a sound that affects your nervous system in the best possible way. I mean, this is this is a band that just gets your blood pumping and your body twitching. And I've never had the privilege of seeing them live. Oh, I missed out uh, that one time. Twice. Yes, twice I've missed out on seeing the Tragic Radicals. Terrible. And now, of course, heaven only knows when. But um, uh, You can actually catch them every Thursday at 6 p.m. They do three-song Thursdays. That is that's true too. Yes, but not at not at the world famous Doll Hunt no. or any of these lovely Southern California dive bars. I'm telling you, oh, I miss the life. But they're a rock surf rock prog, just a, a sneaker wearing badasses. And uh, I don't know what to say. The music hits you hard, really hard. And you're and you're you're floored by two people. Uh, they're so tight, it's so good. They're so good. Their ideas are so uh, high. And uh, wait. Darn it, if we hadn't gotten a threatening letter about using the word sophistication, but honestly. (laughs) (laughs) But this is sophisticated. I I mean, it's simple. Well, I mean, simple in that there's only two of them. And uh, overdubs, I don't recall hearing any, but uh, they sound the same live. But there is a a real craftsmanship here. Honestly, I don't want to make it sound workmanlike. It's inspired. It's, It's loose, but... Uh, it's also tighter than a nun's ass. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have put it exactly like I was struggling for something, but since you said it, I'll just not argue, okay? But um, uh, That's actually a movie line, and I can't remember what it's from, but, you know, it seemed to work in this scenario. And I, I <laughs> and if you haven't heard them, you're in for a real, this is an old-fashioned smackdown, and uh, I, I love every second of this uh this sort of musical uh, carnage here uh, by the Tragic Radicals. And this one is called, uh, I was going to start out by saying, 
I like this song, and I like milk, because there's no lyrics to comment on. I don't have the words. I'm an oaf. I don't have the words about the music. You'll, you'll, you'll struggle. Maybe you'll come up with better ones, but there's something about this. This is a very unique band that you're, you're simply not going to believe that there's only two of them. The Tragic Radicals, and the song, for whatever it might mean, the song is called P.S. Tragic Radicals and P.S. Now, aren't you just sitting there, just kind of uh, wound up and pogoing uh, and going, going off because that music really makes you spaz. I love this band. I see the surfy aspect of it, but much more developed to an incredible degree. And you can find them at thetragicradicals.com and on Facebook as well. And you catch them doing a live stream. Uh, tell us a little more about that. 
Yeah, every Thursday at 6 p.m. They do three song Thursdays and you can actually request songs and they will play them. So go ahead and check that out. And just wanted to say hi to AJ and Tyler. You guys are incredible. We are huge fans. Any chance that we get, we being Ascent, we promote this band. They're great, great people, beautiful people. And just very, very gifted and very talented. And we hope to share a stage with them again sometime, likely, in 2021. But uh, please give the Tragic Radicals a listen. You will not regret it. And check out the live streams and send in requests. Just honestly, don't be a smartass and send in Baby Shark or anything like that. Although, I bet you they'd really do something with it. They actually have a, a new song called Baby Smile. So no, no. <laughs> I'm not lying. I bet you they could do a kick-ass version of Baby I'm Shark. I'm sure they could. Okay. Now, you know what? I'm really getting tired of talking here. So, Oh. Well, why don't I go ahead and talk for a minute? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you do that? So, song number one, the coveted spot, the moment you've all been waiting for, the moment I've been waiting for, the most coveted spot in our countdown, and it goes to The Dark, and the song is Dirty Girl. They are from Los Angeles, California. Their genre is funeral rock, and even though The Dark stands on its own two feet incredibly beautifully, I must share that the lead singer of The Dark is also one half of Corlex, who have been on our countdown a couple of times, different countdowns. But I will say this particular band is kick-ass as well, in a different way. So during this song, he talks about (laughs) his super nasty, dirty girl. And he wants to taste everything that she gives. And if you listen closely, you can hear her desperately trying to catch her breath. And... By the end of this, you're going to admit, so are you.
All right. So I'll give you a second to catch your breath. You can find them at Bandcamp at The Dark Official. All right. That brings us to the statement of the theme for the next Birds of a Feather. And this time it's I'll Seed You Later. And I guess we're going to leave this one as wide open as possible for you, too, because it can be anyone who's leaving, anyone who uh, has absolutely no intentions of seeding you later, or uh, uh, what they actually do mean, I'll be back later. Uh, any one of these, anyone, if anyone's leaving, we'll take it. You know? yes. So, yeah, a goodbye song of some sort, either a piss-off song or I'm going to miss you song or an anything song. Uh, if it fits, I'll seed you later. Send it in to us, and uh, hopefully we'll get it on. One of the things I think I should say here while we're announcing the new both theme is that even if your song doesn't make our top ten that week, please know that we keep them. So since you gave us you know, permission to use them, if they fit a future theme, we will certainly rotate them in. So please don't hesitate to send them. People always say, how many songs can I send you? Well, how much time do you have? Go ahead and shoot them over to both on air at gmail.com. So David, it is that time again. And you know how I feel about this particular segment of the show, because it means we're about to say goodbye. And parting is such sweet sorrow. This is the portion of the show where we give you homework so we have hell yes or oh hell no uh we are pitting front man against front man from deep purple so really it's front man versus front man versus front man so rod evans david coverdale or ian gillen or whoever it was that came after that there was another one i put i'm gonna put other joe you know. lynn baker or it's joe gonna lynn be Thomas like a write-in you know guys, yeah. it's gonna be like trump biden write in you yeah, just you know I, go ahead and I, write it in i claim I, I admit i don't know i know who the guitar player became after gilmore i just don't know who the singer is now gotcha uh, well joe lynn turner i think yeah. and you know if they really want to give us other they can well, give us other if they're gonna write him in they gotta know who he is first you know well i mean <laughs> stands to reason clearly good point yeah. Point well made. So you will tell us what you think, and then we will weigh in as well. And uh, Deep Purple, they're amazing. So uh, I have mixed feelings on this one already, just announcing it. So I can't wait to see what they think and then what your opinion is. Cause, uh, but you must hold it in right now. We cannot know. So we will look forward to hearing what you think, and then we will share the results with you in two weeks. Right, David? In two weeks, God willing, indeed, uh, on April, did I say April? Forget April, August uh, 14th. I was testing you. August 14th. And you can hear us on FusionMusicRadio.net or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any number of places. Uh, we're not that hard to find. FusionMusicRadio.net or a uh, link to us on Facebook or some, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. We're uh, everywhere. We're everywhere, yeah. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at both on Air. Absolutely, absolutely right. And uh, in addition to us, you can also hear the other Fusion Music Radio shows, the Search Master Sessions. Now, we've recently introduced uh, Ian Moss's show, uh, Flowing Backwards, and uh, the Tilly Riddle show, the Hill Rant Radio show, and any of the crap I produced. Um, the Soup Kitchen, yeah. Audrey's Mixtape. All right, uh, Audrey, I, I, I will give Audrey credit, okay. And you can also hear the archives of Shock and Awe, or the new... Butterflies and Hurricanes Indie Insurrection uh, mixtape show, which is uh, going on its fourth episode, I believe, already. And now that we've wrapped that puppy up in a neat little blanket, I guess that only leaves you to say... Let's get the flock out of here. 
this has been Birds of a Feather on Fusion Music Radio.